Hey, J. Crew, it's Josh, the producer of Unorthodox. And if you haven't noticed, a lot of us are kind of stuck places, whether it's me being stuck home with my kids who their schools aren't closed yet, but they will be, or Stephanie stuck with a cat that likes to punch her and her husband, or Liel in his living room with a brand new Nintendo Switch, but still two children, or wherever else any of us are stuck. A lot of us have found that there are things we feel like we're missing out there. And so as part of that, we're going to throw a bunch of stuff into the feed as we can to sort of fill the gap of social interaction as we're all being socially distanced. So to start that off, tonight we're doing a little bit of a Kabbalat Shabbat, if you will, uh, and I will kick it over to Liel in a second. But I just want to let you know that you also, if you go into the Facebook group or even just the tablet's Facebook page, you can see a video version of this one. And don't forget to leave a little attention for our feed because I think there'll be a few other things popping up this week. Not sure what's going to stick, not sure what we'll keep doing, but we're trying some stuff to sort of fill the gap of social interaction. Let us know what you think. You can always email us at unorthodox at tabletmag.com or send me a voice memo from your phone and email it to the same place, unorthodox at tabletmag.com. And now I'll shut up and bring you an unorthodox Shabbat. Hey guys, it's Leo. Usually we come to you from behind a microphone and I could take solace in the fact that, well, I've got a face for radio. But not today. Today, like all of us all over the world, we're here, sequestered, socially distanced, sitting alone at home and thinking about, well, about all of you, about our community, about what it means to have life continue as normal, even when it can't continue as normal. So over the next couple of days, Mark, Stephanie, Josh, myself, a bunch of our guests, a bunch of our friends here in the big an Orthodox family and the J crew, we will do whatever we can to make this time, well, pass a little bit more pleasantly. And so it's Friday night now. Um, as we record this, it's 2.52 afternoon in New York. And in a few hours, the moment will arrive where some of us, many of us, would have gone to synagogue, except all of the synagogues are closed. At least most of them are, at least here they are in New York. Um, and many of us, let's face it, would not have uh, gone to synagogue, but are sitting around tonight feeling maybe a little bit anxious, a little bit uncertain, a little bit afraid, a little bit alone, and can maybe use just a little bit of a little ritual, something to help you welcome in Shabbat, something to help you feel like not all is bleak, and so we thought, what is a Shabbat ceremony uh, about? What does Kabbalah Shabbat consist of? And really, we could come up with two things. Uh, it's a little bit of Dvar Torah, a little bit of talking about the weekly Parsha, the weekly portion of the Bible, and a little bit of music that helps explain to us what's going on this week uh, in our reading, in the world around us, etc. And so I would like to share with you one of my all-time favorite stories. And it goes like this. There's a very wise Hasidic master living in Eastern Europe a long time ago, whose name was Rav Zusha. And one day, shortly before Yom Kippur, his disciples came to him and said, Zusha, you have to tell us, we want to know, what does it mean to repent? And the rabbi said, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it means to repent, but Moshe the shoemaker, he knows. Go see him. He will tell you. And so the Hasidim, the students, were amazed. 
The great wise rabbi will not know such a basic thing, and the shoemaker who has not a day's education will. But they say, hey, you know, never mind. We'll go and we'll see what this is about. And so they went and huddled outside the window of Moshe the shoemaker. They waited for something to happen. And Moshe is sitting there, he's eating his soup with a wooden spoon, and it all spills on his big beard, and he wipes it out and wipes it on his shirt. And when he's done eating, he pushes away the soup bowl, bangs on the table, and says to his daughter, Bring me the books. And so his daughter goes and comes back with two books. One book is a small, tattered volume, just bound in cloth, very simple, dirty. And the other is a big, leather-bound, exquisite book with golden pages, very beautiful. And Moisha takes the small book and he opens it. He looks up and he says, God, this is a list of my sins. On so-and-so date, I charged more than I should have for a pair of shoes. On so-and-so date, I lost patience with my children and I hit them. On so-and-so date, I had impure thoughts about my neighbor's wife. And he reads for a little while. And when he's done, he shuts the book and he puts it down. And then he picks up the big book, the big, leather-bound, beautiful volume. And he opens it and says, And this, God, this is a list of your sins. On so-and-so date, you let a fire take the life of an entire family in the next village over. On so-and-so date, 16 people died in this battle that happened. And on so-and-so date, a big plague came along and killed thousands and thousands. And he reads on and on and on and on, account after account of terrible, terrible things that had happened. And when he's done, he slams the book shut. He looks up and says, So this year, God... If you forgive me my sins, I'll forgive you yours. Now the students, the Hasidim listening outside the window, think this is the best, smartest thing that they've ever heard in their lives. And they run back to their rabbi, they run back to Zusha, and they tell him this whole amazing story. And when they're done, Zusha starts crying. He's weeping inconsolably. Hasidim ask, Rav Zusha, why are you crying? What, what's the matter? And he says to them, Can't you see? Moshe had God in the palm of his hand, and instead of bringing him to justice, he let him go. I thought about this incredible Hasidic tale, because in this week's Parsha, and I'm pulling it up right now on my computer, in this week's Parsha, Moses has a tremendous exchange with God. The golden calf had just been built and destroyed. Moses comes down. Sorry, the golden calf has just been built. Moses comes down. He sees it, destroys it, starts a little civil war that kills 3,000 of the people who had bowed down to the calf. Moses is feeling very fiery, but despite all of his rage, despite all of his anger, he is not willing to let God destroy the people of Israel. He's not willing to let God lose sight of the quality of mercy. He goes up on the mountain and he talks to God and he says to God, And now, 
if you forgive their sin, but if not, erase me now from your book, which you have written. Moses says to God, you have to forgive these people. And if you don't forgive these people, I want nothing to do with you. I want nothing to do with your book, with your history, with the Torah, with any of it. You must show mercy. I insist. Just like Rav Zusha in that story. Moses is trying to hold God to justice. But God is not having any of it. And the Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, him I will erase from my book. God is saying to Moses, don't tell me who I can or cannot write in my book. Don't tell me who I can or cannot destroy. Don't tell me who I can or cannot save because I am God. And it's a great reminder, I think, that our instinct as people will always be to band together. It will always be to show compassion. It will always be to show mercy. And that is true even though, or perhaps precisely because, we live in such uncertain times. God is telling us, don't tell me what I can or cannot do. Don't tell me what plague I may or may not start. Don't tell me when I may or may not end it. Don't tell me who will live or who will die. These are decisions only for me to make. But at the same time, he's proud of Moses because Moses passed the greatest test. He came he saw the people behaving in a horrible manner. And yet, coming right up there, back to the mountain, he looked at God and said, No, you must forgive them. You must show them mercy. As we begin Shabbat, I think it's a really good opportunity for all of us to reflect on that, to reflect on how much we're all in it together to reflect on how the one quality that we need right now in this time of great upheaval, in this time of great uncertainty, is just the ability to hold us, to hold ourselves accountable, to hold each other accountable, and to insist that we're all in this together. Friends, I hope you have a blessed Shabbat, and we will continue to send all kinds of fun dispatches your way in the week to come. And now, our friend Yair Dar has a song for us, especially about this week's Bible reading and what it may mean to all of us. Shabbat Shalom. Hi, my name is Yair Dar, and I'm going to sing you a song. Sinai's end is near These forty days and nights with you, Moses They have been dear And as our time comes to an end I will miss all the good times we had Moses, my friend Remember how we left until we cried
wish that the Torah is a gift. Six hundred thousand souls in desperate need of a lift. Imagine how excited they are, waiting there so patiently, standing there styling and steady, getting themselves all ready. Just let me go take a look. Just one more thing before you go I am so proud of you, son More than you know Defender of the vulnerable and weak Speaking out against persecution Though it hurts you to speak Help my people leave You led them through the sea They followed you through the wilderness And you brought them here to me They look to you to cope And they look to you for hope And you'll teach them to jump rope And wash their hands with soap um, And you'll be bigger than the Pope You can tell I'm stalling Got something I need to tell you, Moses. I just can't figure out how, so I'm just gonna say it. They replaced you with a cow. For all those wondering what the heck this golden calf thing is, they gonna replace the leadership of Moses with a cow made of gold. The truth is, the golden calf is just a stand-in um, for you know anything in your life that you need something in between, you need a middleman to keep you from getting too close. The Jewish people, they felt they needed something between them and God. Moses wasn't there, well, they needed anything they could put in between them. And, you know, we all have those things in our lives. Um, you know, where we should be getting closer to people or just, you know, experiencing things more seriously. But we put something in between that kind of makes us satisfied. You know, for some people, it might simply be even going to shul. This Shabbat, you can't go to synagogue, you're stuck at home, you can't go to shul. Now, just you and God. Can't have that thing in between that says, "Well, I'm having a religious experience. I'm in shalom." Now you got you and God to pray. And for some people, those are relationships. There are people you should be more open with. But you have a golden calf in between. You know, you, you put the you know, get together and do fun things, but nothing really close. But those fun things serve as your golden calf. So the Shabbat when you're stuck together with certain people that you spend a lot of time with. As an opportunity to remove those things that are barriers. <laughs>